Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. Welcome to the show this week. We're going to do a little startup draft, talk about some values. Where do they um, stand early November in Minneapolis, Minnesota? We've got Will Greenwood. Will, how are you? I am excellent tonight. Not a lot of trick-or-treaters, but it's a great night to be on the podcast. It's a great night to be with you fellas. It is a great night indeed. We are recording this on Halloween night. And from North Carolina, fresh off of trick-or-treating with his family, We've got Trey Barrett. Man, I tell you what, my kids scored so much candy tonight, it's obnoxious. And we didn't even, like, we went, there's a college right here in Mars Hill where we live, and we went there, and it's kind of cool, like, all the different sports teams and college clubs that had different themes and were dressed up and handing out candy in this little courtyard area. It was really awesome to see all the, all the college kids getting involved. But, my, man, my kids must have come home with five pounds of candy. I, I don't remember getting that much candy when I was their age. So we're going to have to I'm gonna have to skim a little off the top. That's right. It's the parent tax, you know, mom and dad tax for the candy. Yeah, it seems like households, we did trick-or-treating here in the Chicago area, and it does seem like, oh, here, take two, three, take four, five. It's like, no, I don't want my kids to have that much candy. Please stop. Anyway, enough about candy. We're not going to do our ranks of candy on the show. We're going to stick to football. That's what we know best. And we are going to talk, not, not so much about the trade deadline, but basically kind of a kind of a warm-up, kind of a starter question to get the show going. And this is a tweet from Nick Whalen, our friend, at underscore Nick Whalen. Devin Funches, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper, Laquan Treadwell. These are players all younger than Kenny Galladay. His hype is growing after the Golden Tate trade, but don't forget, he turns 25 soon. If you believe he can improve, so can the above. So, interesting. Uh, Kenny Galladay, hi. Basically, a quick question for you guys. Is it, is it getting out of control? Does the age thing matter? Do, do you think sometimes we look at his age, that he turns 25 soon? Are, do you guys care about that? Uh, or are we just um, all about Kenny Galladay these days? Is it, uh, is, it, is it a good time to be a Kenny Galladay owner? I like the mix of players there because I, I don't really care about Kenny, Kenny Galladay's age. I mean, he's going to like, come and produce – as a great wide receiver moving into next year is my opinion. So I'm not worried that he's going to turn 26 and be, then, then you give me 27 then give me 28 then give me 29. Then give me 30, give me four years of a great wide receiver. And I'll count that as a huge win. And also like uh, the fact that Laquan Treadwell is younger than him. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> Laquan Treadwell <laughs> is younger than everybody. And I can't wait. I mean, I just, I wish the best for him. And he needs to move on from Minnesota because it's not going to be the spot for him, which is sad. But, yeah, you can't reference Laquan Treadwell anymore. Yeah, interesting reference there. Trey, what, what about you? Are you um, – we, we like Kenny Galladay, right? There's, there's no reason not to be excited about him. We've seen it on the field. Does the age thing play a factor with you when you're considering Kenny Galladay in a deal? Does it make you nervous that he's coming into the league so late? Not really. No, I, I think that he's uh... – I think that's fine. I think Will hit the nail on the head, you know. I think if you get two or three years of production out of him. I mean, look at Adam Thielen. I mean, I think Adam Thielen legitimately right now is a second-round dynasty startup pick, and he 
didn't start producing until what? He was 27. Isn't he 28 or is he 20? Maybe he's 27 now and he started producing at 26. So I, I think it's, I think, I don't think it's a big deal. I think if, if he produces, I don't think anybody's going to be super worried about him being 25 heading into next season. Yeah. Adam Thielen turned 28, August 22nd, but he's going to be the, Adam Thielen is like the case for every dynasty stash you've ever had. The one that works out, it's been Adam Thielen. <laughs> yeah. But like, he's just been incredible. It's just, it's, it's so fun to watch him and how good he is. And now he, he, he quietly racked up another over a hundred yards. Like it's insane. Where would Adam Thielen go in a dynasty startup draft done today? Where would Kenny Galladay? Let's find out, shall we? As we segue into our segment, we are going to get into a sort of draft, a super flex sort of draft that we just did this past week. And let's do a little price check. Let's see how we value these guys. This was a draft that the three of us did. So it was a Fantasy Joe's mock draft. We all took um, on four teams and we randomized the order. So it's not like we're all picking in sequence here. Um, in terms of the league, it's super flex. You start a quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, one super flex position, two flex positions. And we're going to do 10 rounds. We're into five. So shall we get into it, boys? Anything you want to say to preface the draft? I've really enjoyed it. And I think it's actually – uh, so I wanted to do this to bring out dynasty values. This is a great time. We're halfway through the year of our fantasy league. So we play 16 weeks. If you play 17 – you're not playing dynasty because you're so new into fantasy. Uh, this is a great time to look at where you're actually valuing people for the future. And I think, I feel like a mock draft and when we, we take these pretty seriously uh, is, is a great way to establish where you actually feel like players are. And so that's just kind of my, my thoughts as we start and begin this. Uh, there was a lot of surprises in my mind of, of what we were, what, what, where picks went and I can't wait to talk about them. Yeah, me too. Me too. Let's get into it. So the, probably the, the first surprise might be, so I, I had the, the team with the 101 and, and the, a couple of caveats we're, we're, for these teams we're drafting for, we're, we're looking at the team that we have and drafting for the team need for that specific team. So, you know, we might've not taken the best player available. We're drafting to make the best possible roster possible, number one. Um, but anyway, 101, I took Saquon Barkley. And which kind of looks ridiculous. Even after I did it, I'm like, did I just do that just to be able to talk about Saquon Barkley? But my thought process was this. As much of a role as Gurley's on, and he's unbelievable, Saquon Barkley, first year in the league, he's younger, he looks really incredible, and he's in this terrible offensive system with Eli Manning as his quarterback. I think that situation is going to get better. I think it could be a situation where in a couple of years – I know this sounds ridiculous, but I can see a world where he puts, you know, he's putting in girly-ass numbers, even beyond what Gurley's doing this year, which sounds ridiculous. But um, did I screw up, Trey, by taking Saquon over Todd Gurley? Was that dumb? Um, it was not dumb. It would not be my choice. I would have had those two reversed. I do think that Saquon Barkley is easily worthy of the 101. Um, I just think that right now, and I was going to look it up. I don't know in like a full PPR or half P this was half PPR. So I don't know in a half PPR format, how much Todd Gurley is, is outscoring Saquon Barkley right now. But I think, you know, and who knows how long it's going to last, but I think that Saquon Barkley is an unreal talent. I think that they're going to get things straightened out there. There's going to inevitably be a new quarterback. There's going to be, I mean, who knows what, what's going to happen with the coaching. Um, but I think that 
Todd Gurley right now, and I'll let Will kind of talk a little more about Gurley because he's the one that took him immediately following Saquon. Uh, but his usage right now, I don't know that we've seen. I mean, he essentially, I think, I, I feel like I heard a statistic the other day that he's got more goal line carries than anyone in the NFL has red zone carries. I mean, they get inside the 10 and Todd Gurley is the target. He's getting the, the handoffs, he, his usage and touchdown equity is just massive. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's got 15 touchdowns to Saquon, seven touchdowns. Um, in terms of fantasy points per game, average and a half point PPR, he ha- he's averaging six more points. So Todd Gurley is averaging 27.6 points a game, Saquon 21.6. And for me, this is totally looking towards the future, obviously this year. Yeah, no, uh, no, no. I, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it, man. I, I mean, Saquon has looked really, really good in a really bad situation. If you gave Saquon Barkley, if, if Saquon Barkley were on the Rams, and Saquon Barley, Barkley were getting Gurley's usage, I'm convinced he would be scoring every bit as many fantasy points, maybe more. So, you know, I, and we know because of where Todd Gurley was two years ago, you know, this time, things can change quickly when it comes to a, t- a player's situation with coaching. And so I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I, I had to do it over again, though. I probably wouldn't make the pick well. And you took Todd Gurley, number two, because because of that very thing, situation. Maybe Barkley's more talented. You can make that argument. But it doesn't matter because the, the Giants, I don't, I don't know if I have faith in them turning this around in two years. I guess it could happen. But you know that Todd Gurley's in an amazing situation, right, Well, and you t- So you took Gurley, number two. Any thoughts to add? Just a no-brainer for you. Pretty easy pick. Well, it's because, uh, it's honestly, I was going to take Saquon, number two, and, and have a conversation about him because I think that – uh, that Giants team is it's it's very wrong right now, but it's fixable. Just like the just like the the uh, the Rams were very wrong before McVay came in. I actually think Shermer's a good coach and a good offensive mind. The issue that I could see moving forward with Saquon is maybe Pat Shermer isn't a good head coach, but a great offensive coordinator. And you see that happen where when they finally take over a team and they're too busy to really focus on what they're doing. When the guy who made Sam Bradford get a massive contract and Case Keenum get a really good contract. When he goes, when he you know switches to a head coach and can't fix Eli Manning, you know if you can fix Sam Bradford, you can fix anything. <laughs> so uh, it does worry me a little bit with with Saquon, but I don't have if if somebody wants him over Gurley with what like with the way Saquon has looked. If you take away, like if you watch just watch what he can do on the field, he's, he's insane, and he's not had any massive knee injuries or anything like that that Gurley's had, and I think Gurley is. I think you can interchange those. I do think Gurley's probably the consensus number one overall pick just because his touchdown upside is so much larger. And I don't really see that changing drastically in the near future. So, I mean, overall, uh, yeah, I think I feel like Gurley was the slam dunk too. But I also feel like Saquon would have been a pretty easy slam dunk too for me. So, Trey has the 103 with his team. So, Trey, what did you do? So, Gurley and Saquon are off the board. I went with Alvin Kamara and I kind of went back and forth about this because, you know, I, I know that the uh, wide receivers, I think there's, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Odell Beckham, I think would have been fairly reasonable picks, but I, I feel like that Alvin Kamara is one of those guys that uh, when you, when you get in that top tier, I mean, I, I think that he's just right, right below the, you know, like a one B behind, Barkley and Gurley and I think that he's got a really safe floor because of his involvement in the receiving game I know that Mark Ingram's getting some usage now which I think is fine we, we saw last year even with even with Ingram getting more touches 
on a per game basis. Kamara's efficiency was just incredible. So I, I think that there's some benefit, honestly, to to him not getting a massive, massive workload. So I, I love the guy. I think he, I mean, he's still young. He's only 23 years old. And, you know, he, if you watch him, he, he's just, he's very smart. It doesn't take a lot of, he's going to be able to have a little longer. Um, his, his skill set really fits. I think Trey, you're cutting out at least on my end. Will? Yeah, he doesn't take a lot of hits. His skill set fits what they're doing there. <laughs> well, let's move on since we might have lost Trey, at least momentarily. So, um, and, and I don't think we need to add. If you want to jump in and talk about Alvin Kamara. Feel, feel- oh, I'm shocked. The number three overall in Dynasty and a half-point PPR? That's a massive uh, leap in value for, for Alvin Kamara. I know he was up there closely, but you're talking about number three over Zeke. You know, he, he's still standing up there. Hop, you know, there's a lot of people after that that I think that uh, there's enough risk with Alvin Kamara. And when Drew Brees retires, if let's just say they win the Super Bowl this year and he's out. That that's a really, really to me, that's a high risk pick at number three. And I like it. I still like the confidence in Alvin Kamara, and I don't mind it, but I do think there's more risk in there than uh, initially proposed. Yeah, it's risky. And I, and I think during a dynasty startup, if you're not going to trade down from this area, you, you probably do want to play it as safe as possible. That's one of the reasons that number four, I took DeAndre Hopkins, because I think DeAndre Hopkins, not only is he just an absolute stud, but I think he's pretty safe. Um, He's about the, you know, it's between him and Odell Beckham. They're just about the same age. The Odell will be 26 early November as is Hopkins. But it comes down for me as exciting as Odell Beckham is like, he's a bit of a head case and that just makes me nervous. I just, I just worry about Odell Beckham doing something stupid to get him suspended from the league. And also he's attached to Eli Manning right now and the, the future is questionable. So the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is attached to Deshaun Watson and the fact that he doesn't have the issues, it seems, like Odell Beckham has. That was what put him in the spot for me. Um, there's a few guys that I consider. I consider Zeke, but Zeke also is a bit of a head case. So I, I just wanted to go with safety. I like DeAndre Hopkins at number four. And so this is why I was curious about the DeAndre Hopkins pick, and I, I don't have, again, like big issues with it. But to me, it's we're in an NFL nowadays where the general, my general opinion is we are running out of three down running backs. So to have a guy who plays in all three downs and is out there for their team the entire game is rare. So I'm willing to pass up on a more elite wide receiver for a guy that I think is going to be on the field for all three downs for their team and have more opportunities on the field. I know that the, you know, again, like barring injury, but to me that was where, and you'll see like later on in the draft where I'm going with my picks in the first round is my idea is I'm going to secure a, a young three down running back on an, on the future that I believe in before I'm going to go to elite wide receiver. And that's all except this next pick. But uh, anyway, that, that was my, I, I, I think that's what makes Hopkins an interesting pick for me is that him over Elliot, those two compared to each other. Uh, I feel like Hopkins is more safe, but Elliot is that more top tier asset. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I don't, I, I can't argue against Elliot there. Uh, you know, for me, and I've said this many, many times with, with Zeke, yes, he's a top tier asset. But once again, he's he's a bit of a head case. Well, I mean, I mean, there's just like he just seems very risky for me. So I, you know, I don't own him in very many places, and I, I'm always open to trading Zeke if if I get the right offer. Um, it's hard though to trade an elite asset like that and get back what you want. But he just makes me very nervous. So if I'm drafting in a startup, you know, dynasty startup, I'm not trading back. I want to go for safety, and I. I 
you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to get more years out of him than you are Zeke because even if he keeps playing, you know, running backs break down. We've seen it many, many times. And maybe he's one of those special talents and he's going to pull an AP and be playing, you know, into his 30s and, and that won't happen. But, I mean, I, I can't I, – I don't have a problem with you taking Zeke over DeHop if you're in that situation. But that's – for me, it was – I don't know. I just wanted the safety. He's a stud. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins puts up big numbers too. So, But at a position where you can easily replace – you know, wide receivers are easy to find, running backs are not. So, I also think this is a great uh, concept to look into things. We're moving into auction drafts for dynasty leagues too. I really prefer that. You know, when we talk about like one, like so, you talk about DeAndre Hopkins versus Zeke Elliott, and they're so close, and you can flip flop them around all the time, and you can maybe trade back. But in general, uh, I prefer the free market auction, which I thought this may be after like four picks. It's just a quick thing to mention. Oh yeah, auction is is the way to go. Um, for sure. So Trey is back. We had some technical difficulties, but um, he's the one that actually picked Zeke at uh, the, with the 105. I don't know if you want to say anything, or do you want to move on to uh, Will's pick at the 106? Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I was on record coming into the season as, as a guy that was kind of fading and was wanting to sell Zeke in Dynasty. Um, but, and, and, you know, I think it's always recency bias. He hasn't really got into much trouble. Um, and and it, the the production hasn't been elite, but the usage has been. And and I think you know we've talked about this a few times. There, these workhorse running backs that are young and in good offenses are just few and far between. And and Dallas's offense, I don't know if we classify it as being good, but I think that they're a work in progress. Um, and and I think that for me to be able to lock him up. And get, I mean, he's still like 23 years old. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, he's he's younger than Todd Gurley, um, three years younger than David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. So he still has a long life ahead of him. And so I just I think that he is a guy, you know, you, you start looking at these next couple guys. And uh, for me, again, in half PPR, um, I still kind of like to lock up those elite running backs early if I can. Yeah, uh, fair enough. D- definitely a, a very, very solid choice at the 105. So we get into the 106, Will, and who's your guy? Uh, quick also mentioned that Trey had the third pick in the draft. Shocking. Uh, so, uh, I took uh, uh, OBJ here at the 106 because, again, this is where I get to a tipping point with, with who I believe OBJ is and can be as a talent, and I'm still in. So he, this is where he sits in kind of my overall dynasty rankings. I, I would maybe flip this around a little bit, but – I want to maybe plant a little flag here and say that I still firmly and completely believe in, in OBJ. You see what he can do on the field. He's still a great route runner. He's maybe not the best teammate right now, but that's it's so much we don't know about what's happening in the Giants organization and what's really going on. Uh, and I, at the end of the day, I, I still believe in this guy, and I think he's going to be an elite talent for years to come. I think he needs to mature a little bit, but I do think that's going to happen, and this is my projected pick based on that. Uh, you know, it's he's he's super talented. I mean, you could probably make an argument to take him higher pretty easily because because he is, he is talented. Uh, and I talked earlier um, when you dropped off Trey about about my fear with with Beckham, kind of like with Zeke. I worry about the off the field issues because he's a bit of a head case, but he's he's certainly a an amazing player. You you can't you can't argue that. Uh, the guy um, I took at the 107 it was uh, Michael Thomas, a guy that I've gotten higher on. And, and Will, I got to give you credit. You were really talking about coming into the year, and he certainly has delivered this year. And the more I watch Michael Thomas, I just realize I think the guy is just a technician on the field. 
I just think he's a, a really good route runner, a really good football player. And he's attached to Drew Brees. I'm, I'm starting to get convinced that Drew Brees is going to be around for a while. So I like Michael Thomas at the 107. He, he just looks the part to me. So I, I, I think it's, you know, it's a pretty safe pick. You know, I, there may be some guys that have higher upside that I passed on, but I'm, I'm happy with him at the 107. So what, what do you guys think of that, Trey? No, I like it. I like it a lot. He's definitely cemented himself. I, I, think, he's, I think he's closer to that top tier than he is, you know, the next tier down. So I think it was a great pick. And Will, he's your guy. You want to say anything about, about Michael Thomas? No, it's just a real safe pick. I like it. So the 108, um, it, it, Will, you're back on the clock for the next two. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised. I, I think I like the pick, but I, I, I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised with who you took. And I kind of surprised myself too, as I was looking through where I would be taking these guys in Dynasty. And a guy who's really moved up in, in my book, and I honestly don't own him very many places whatsoever, but I'm going here at the 108. I'm taking a half-point PPR. I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Give me the three down back on a prolific offense that isn't going to slow – like that you'd see no foreseeable future where it slows down. I know they have other weapons, but you've seen what Kareem Hunt can do and who he is as a player. He has great hands and pass-catching ability. I don't know about route running. I, I, I can't really speak to that all that well, but he's a great runner, and they're going to score points. And even if their defense gets better, that's still – Give me, give me the three-down running back attached to Mahomes, and I'll take that. And that's where he's really a guy that's moved up in my book. And I felt like this is the place where I can really state that and say that, is that I'm going to take uh, I'm gonna take him here. Yeah, I, I mean, Kareem Hunt. it's hard to – probably one of those guys where – I mean, I guess he was not – you know, what, what was he, like a second-round startup pick probably coming into the year. But being attached to that Kansas City offense – um, why not? Why, what, what's not to like about Kareem Hunt? And he, he just runs hard. Um, he's putting up the numbers. What, what's not to like? Um, Trey, any, any issues with that? No, I like Kareem Hunt a lot. I think, I think he's a, a great pick there. He might be one of the early round guys that's changed the most for me. Yeah. From finally seeing this Chiefs offense, and I love it. So, yeah, you'll see a theme with three down backs in my picks. Like the 109. Oh God, sorry, yeah. Trey, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, you know, like we talked to, I mean, you know, all he did was lead the NFL in rushing in his rookie season. I mean, for, you know, that, that's just, eh. it, 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 and we were talking about it coming into the season. He was, he wasn't really getting a lot of respect. And even early on in the season, he wasn't getting the touchdowns and, and people were kind of down on him. And yeah, I, look at, look at him now. Yeah. It's funny. Cause yeah, I was, yeah. I was definitely nervous when I come to the year and I was kind of like quietly kind of shopping him around and not get a lot of interest And man. So, so glad that, 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 that didn't work out for me. Uh, one Oh nine, three down backs, the theme. Well, yeah, let me give some Joe Mixon. This is uh cream hunt and Joe Mixon are guys that I thought are reaches here, at least when we start to talk about a draft, but uh, Joe Mixon has raised quite a bit in my book this year and what they're doing there at the, at the Bengals and what he's been a part of. I know there's been injuries in that backfield, but they kind of have a history of riding a hot hand when it's super hot. And I don't see Joe Mixon cooling down for the next few years. And I really, really like it. And I think it's, it's as Chris Harris has put it, like the Bengals don't even understand how good of a pass catcher Joe Mixon is yet. And so his ceiling isn't even reached yet. And he's been incredible this year. So he was out for a couple of games with that knee injury. And it was speculative because that was a very scary thing. You know, knee injuries are a big deal for running backs. But he's only out a couple of weeks and he comes back to elite production. Uh, and so that's why I, here I'm willing to reach for Joe Mixon because I, I believe he can still be an elite talent and an offense that will uh, involve him more and more because they finally understand how good he is. 
that coaching staff isn't great in my opinion. And, but I think he'll force their hands with how talented he is as a runner and as a receiver. So I was willing to go here. Like, like you'll see like guys like David Johnson and things like that. I would, I would take Joe Mixon over them right now. And to me, it would, it's not that hard, all, all that hard of a choice. Yeah, I've loved what I've seen of Joe Mixon, and I think you're right. I think we're just starting to scratch the surface of what he can be as a talent. So uh, he just has the complete package to be this elite three-down back and, and put up even bigger numbers. We're starting to see hints of it as the year goes on. Uh, any, anything to add on, on, um, on Mixon where Trey's is shaking his head? I like it. Well, let's keep moving then. It's just very, sorry, I also want to say it's, it's very <laughs> speculative, though. Like, that's, I feel like, it's, it's, I'm projecting a brighter future for Joe Mixon than what it is right now. He has a good present because it's a super flex. So there hasn't been a quarterback taken, so just keep that in mind. There hasn't been a quarterback taken until the 110. And, uh, Trey, you're probably not going to shock everybody w- with this pick. The first quarterback taken in the draft. Or maybe some people will be surprised, but who wasn't? Yeah, no, it's Patrick Mahomes. He he's my dynasty quarterback one, and it's it's I'm pretty confident in it. Um, there there's some other quarterbacks that I like in this in this top you know four or five range, but Patrick Mahomes it not not only is he fun to uh, own, he's fun to watch, but the I mean the guy just keeps putting up ridiculous stats and just keeps doing. And you know people forget like you know Peyton Manning really struggled in his first year as a starter in the NFL. I mean, even Carson Wentz in his first season didn't light the world on fire. And Patrick Mahomes in his first season is lighting the world on fire. And, and I know that he probably has, you know, got the best set of weapons that he's ever going to have in his career. Uh, but I, I'm going to ride it while, while I can. I, I think, you know, you're at the back half of the first round. Your elite running backs are, are almost gone your elite wide receivers are gone. And, and so to be able to take the top player at a position of such importance with Superflex, it's a no brainer for me at the 110 to be able to grab Mahomes. Showtime. Oh, you just had in with Showtime, didn't you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great pick. It's a great pick. It's right? <laughs> a little higher, but it's just going to prove my worth. Everything better, Mahomes. Patrick joins the show. Wow, it's an excuse. <laughs> I've been trying to. I was practicing it there for like a couple seconds in the background. It didn't go well, so I'll get it. I'll get it next time. Yeah, no, I, I just you know what? What more is there to say? I, I don't. I don't think. I mean, I just think he is the one. The the first quarterback you take in the dynasty league. He's unbelievable. Um, I don't, I don't think we need to say any more about him. But uh, you know, you you took a QB with the next pick because you had the one eleven Trey, and, and that. That surprised me a little bit. I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with the pick, but maybe this is where you get into an argument. Who is the second guy you take in a Superflex league at QB? Yeah, and for me, it's purely age. I mean, he's, I think, nine or ten years younger than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is starting to consistently have issues with injuries, kind of, you know, over the last three or four years. You know, he, he's getting older. I, I'm not saying, like, listen, his production is elite. But I think that in six years, Carson Wentz is going to be peaking while Aaron Rodgers is going to be fading. And I don't think that the production during those six years is going to necessarily be incredibly different. So I think right now Carson Wentz is a little bit discounted because of the fact that he you know, had the injury last year and the team won the Super Bowl without him, kind of started off slow this year. 
But, uh, you know, he has a head coach that is probably one of the top three head coaches in the NFL that I don't see going anywhere after Super Bowl last year. That, that franchise is going to lock up, I think, that head coach and that quarterback tandem. And I think that the next five or six years is going to be just some incredible, incredible production for Carson Wentz. So I do not have a problem. I mean, it's close. But for me, the age, the younger age, uh, pushes him ahead of Aaron Rodgers for me. It's going to be fun to watch him down the stretch this year, especially now that they have Golden Tate. Um, you know, say, say what you want about what that does to Tate's value or Ertz's value, but they, they don't have a running game. They're going to throw the ball a lot. So he's going to put up some big numbers in the second half. Well, who's your uh, quarterback uh, number two overall in, in the Superflex League? So I completely support Carson Wentz. There's no controversy here in my mind. You have a coaching staff that wants to surround him with talent, and they're doing that. And that means so much more. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously a better quarterback. But, again, he's older, and that that Packers organization is going to have a little bit of turnaround. But they had an opportunity to add anything to that offense. And instead, he's going to have to make, you know, Mark Marquez Valdez-Scantling a thing for the rest of the year. Like, do something, you know, kind of what we're seeing is more of a washed-up Randall Cobb. Give me the guy that's younger, can throw the ball around, and it has a team that's surrounding him with talent. You guys know how big a fan I am of Valshon Jeffrey. And then they add Golden Tate for underneath. He's so much better than Nelson Aguilar. So, yeah, I, I love this pick, and I love the opinion that he's the number two uh, behind Mahomes. I think you could even flip those two around if you really wanted, uh, just but because Mahomes has just shown it for eight weeks versus Carson, had a whole year last year of really great production. And I, I wouldn't, like, fight you to the death with that one. <laughs> But uh, I think that's I guess it's like Mahomes just his talent. But anyway, love the love the pick of Wentz here. I love what they're doing in that team, and honestly, I love talking about it too because it just gets you psyched up about what the NFL can be. So I don't know. I, I knew I wasn't intentionally trying to get that excited about it, but man, let's let's. I mean, let's let's see this. Let's see the Eagles just like dominate against so the rest of the NFL. Just catch up to that. I love that. Yeah, it's exciting. This was a fun exercise to do, and we're gonna have to have a a part two, maybe a part three, four, five of the show because we're we're starting to run out of time. We haven't even made it through the first round, but we're gonna get at least to the first round tonight. So the one twelve, um, sitting there on the board for me is this guy that has really put up elite numbers, and he is a three down running back. He's not in a great situation right now, but I am still optimistic. It's David Johnson, everybody. DJ's on the board. So I'm going to take David Johnson with the 112. Um, and, and not surprised that he slipped to me, but I'm delighted that he was there. Um, so David Johnson's my pick. And um, I might talk about him in tandem with the next pick because when you're on the turn, if you're going to take both picks, what I decided to do uh, since I got David Johnson, and it's going to be a while since I pick again, I decided to take a quarterback here, and, and I did decide to take Aaron Rodgers, which I hesitated a little bit because Aaron Rodgers, his age, and you are starting to see him slow down. But if you look at his history, what he's done, he, he's just been so good for so long. And I don't think that he is going to um, slow down for at least another you know, three, four more years. I mean, we've, we've got some case studies in the NFL. We've got Tom Brady. Uh, into his 40s. You got Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is 39. Those guys are, are, are performing very well, the elite levels. So I'm confident that Aaron Rodgers can keep doing it. Um, and maybe his situation improves. Maybe he gets a, a new coaching staff in there that um, will, will really even utilize him more than he's been utilized now, if, if you can believe that. So David Johnson and, and Aaron Rodgers. So this is going to be my uh, team where I'm going to go for some vets and try to win now, I suppose, guys. 
uh, what, what do you think of those picks? What do you think of David Johnson here at the, at the 112? Uh, I mean, because um, there are some exciting guys I skipped, which we'll talk about at later shows, like, you know, Terry Kill and, um, you know, a guy like Deshaun Watson, you know, those kind of guys. So what do you guys think of taking, uh, you know, David Johnson? I like it. I think you're getting a pretty big discount. Um, I, you know, David Johnson's struggles this year are well, well documented. Um, and I think that he's incredibly talented, great, uh, or I shouldn't say great, good with the potential to be great young quarterback there with, uh, you know, Christian Kirk that I, I think was a, a nice pick. So there, there's some really good pieces there on offense, you know, things looked a little bit better with, with Byron left, which as the offensive coordinator, I think that there's some transition still taking place around that franchise. Uh, but I think that he'll rebound. I think that he's got a, a, ch- a chance to, to really get back to elite status. So, you know, in a half PPR league to be able to get a guy like David Johnson, who, you know, let's not forget, you know, was an RB one, not an RB one, but the RB one just two years ago with, ridiculous production so i mean he, he could very easily 12 months from now be right back in the 103 104 range and to get him at the 112 um and, and then to get aaron Rodgers right behind him i mean again rarely are you going to find in the last 48 months a super flex startup where aaron Rodgers doesn't go in the first round so you know i, I think that to get those two guys at the turn is is pretty incredible and we're projecting into 2019, right? So this is a startup not for the rest of this season. So I think these are two great picks. And the way quarterbacks are being treated in the NFL right now, they're they're shadowing Rodgers from those kind of hits. Basically, that rule was written about his hit last year and how it took the the, the watchability of the NFL down a notch because the Packers is a team that the NFL wants you know to be on TV and to be good. They have great traveling fans. They're a great franchise. Uh, so, but that's going to, that's going to help him. I hope avoid injury in the future. So moving to 2019, I love these two picks. I think they're great. And with that, we're really out of time for our startup draft. We were, we were like, do we have enough material to talk about with this? And, and I said, told the guys, yeah, we've got enough for several shows here. So we made it through one round. We'll, we'll go faster. We'll pick up the pace in future episodes, but that's a, a little taste of uh, how we started it up. And we've got just enough time for some hot, bold, spicy takes for week nine. Guys, you know how it works. We've got five levels. We've got banana pepper, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. Overall standings, Trey's got eight points. I've got six. Will's got zero, mainly because he makes the hottest Carolina Reaper takes you'll ever hear. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think we hit last week, guys. A quick review. So let's, let's get into it, though, for this week. And I guess Will's got a good one. So we'll let Will go last unless you, you'd rather go first. But I'm just going to give mine. I don't know if it's particularly hot, but, but maybe it is. I think Cleveland <clears throat> is going to beat Kansas City this week at home. They're eight and a half point underdogs. We've got Greg Williams. He's going to have the troops fired up. He's going to give them some incentive to go out there and win, you know, as he has a history of doing. Uh, Baker, Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, top five quarterback, and Jarvis Landry, top 12 wide receiver overall. Guys, what are you going to give me for my take? Cleveland wins. <laughs> I'm going to give you Carolina Reavers. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Like, I had not looked at the show sheet yet. I swear to you, my hot take was going to be that Baker Mayfield outperforms Patrick Mahomes this week. And I wasn't going to call the win. I, I was just going to call that they keep it within three points. So, 
It's so funny because now I'm going to have to think of another one. I, I think it's – yeah, I think it's a Carolina Reaper. I think for, for, for all three – I think for all three things to happen, um, for, for, for Mayfield to be top five and Landry and the win, yep. And yeah, uh, I mean, so Will's going to have to go next because I'm going to have to think of a new hot take now. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, – so that was completely my hot take. All okay, because right. mine, mine revolves around uh, – Again, for some so last week I have a quick apology. I didn't really think about Dow Loggins being the offensive coordinator for Miami. I had, I had an idea it might be one of those sneaky games, you know. And after the Texans in Miami's first possession, I was like, "Oh, Will's looking like a genius." But then you saw the way the rest of that play calling <laughs> went, uh, and they had like a couple creative plays, and the Texans scored quickly on the on the Dolphins. So it was horrible. So I just, I'm just sorry to everybody. That was, I wasn't ready for last week, but this week, Big Dog is ready to roll. And let's go. So one, Fitzmagic marches the Bucks into Carolina for the W. On top of that, let's pivot to another game. Again, let's go Packers versus Patriots. Patriots, great scheming, great minds. But I'm going to go Marcus Valdez-Scantling finishes a top 18 wide receiver. That's the guy they're not ready for to really show up. And, and, and you know, Rodgers, they're getting some more chemistry, and I really like where he's going. So I'm going to go top 18. And I'm going to – let's. Um, it's full PPR there. Uh, and then – Kerryon Johnson, they're, so they're coming into the Vikings territory. And the last game that the Vikings played against the Saints, I think, was a very uh, – it just – it wasn't normal. The Vikings had some bad turnovers, and it really turned that game script around. And it was, it, was, it was not what it should be. But I think Kerryon Johnson props up for a top eight finish in, in PPR because I think you saw the way it changed. He, he had receptions. They traded Golden Tate away. And I think they're going to trust him a little bit more. And I really like Kerryon Johnson as a player. And I'm a Vikings fan, but I think – uh, you know, the, he finished top eight. I still think the, the Lions lose, which is built in there. And then, of course, Thielen goes for at least 100 yards because I want to have that in there in one of my takes because, gall darn it, that's going to be right. Yeah, you're going to get that part right. Um, I, I wrote in the show sheet, hot, my face is melting. Carolina Reaper, plus, plus, plus. Trey, <laughs> would you agree? I just, these are my thoughts, and I want to get them all in there so it comes it out in the takes. All right, we're, we're run, quickly running out of time, Trey. Okay. So give us a lightning quick hot, bold, spicy take for week nine. Man, I, you know what? I can't even, I can't come up with one. I should have had a backup. I had no clue that, uh, <laughs> I, I had no clue that you were going to, uh, you know, here, here's one. This is one that I'm, that I'm, you know, beginning to become more and more convinced of, and, and it's nothing crazy. Um, you know, there's a, a divisional game between uh, Detroit and Minnesota this this weekend, and, and Minnesota is currently favored by five points. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call that uh, Detroit goes into Minnesota. Matthew Safford's a top six quarterback this week, and Detroit beats Minnesota. I think Detroit's gonna start. I think they're starting to do some things. I think they're getting some things figured out. I think that even though I know they've, they've had, they've been kind of up and down. They've really struggled. I know they lost last week, but that's, that's my take. All right. Will, what what do you give it? I'm going to go ghost pepper just because it's basically a Stafford uh, take. And I, but I do think that's that's, that's super hot. I just don't think it's Carolina super hot. If I'm, if we're setting the bar here of the Cleveland games and, and and the take that I gave, uh, because Tate's gone, so Stafford's going to suffer. I I would agree, and that's all the time we've got. we got to go. Sorry for the abbreviated ending, but we're the Fantasy Joes at FF Joes on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Fantasy Joes. Love, love, love Fantasy Joes.